0: I just want to it's almost like recap I don't want to preach again what I've said but I want to bring you to something that's rather marvellous here on the first night which was a little off the cuff because my iPad closed down almost like an object lesson you've got to be charged up when you come to church don't wait to do it in church <laughs> On the way to church, charge yourself. Pray in tongues on the way to church. You know that argument you have in the car every Sunday? Turn it into another language. <laughs> A good language. <laughs> but we talked about the coming of the Spirit. We touched lightly on the principle of restoration and that somewhere along in the church age, substitution happened. And we, because we lost touch, we we had other forms trying to do the job and the other forms were beautiful and they still are and can still be used when they have the overlay of the Holy Spirit we don't have to throw out the forms necessarily we just got to get back to the essence of what it's really all about it's that which I said in that little taking us a little on in the worship when I got up here if we don't meet him if we don't encounter him what have we come to church for what is this about? What is your Sunday about? John was in the Spirit, and he heard a sound. Last night, I I picked up this metaphor thing. You know, the blue flame. There's no theology in that. The flame could have been red, purple, blue, or white. Doesn't matter. But I'm I'm using a metaphor from a modern context to say the same things. And that when the Spirit came, you know, uh, John the Baptist said, Jesus would baptize you in the Holy Spirit and fire. There's an inescapable link with the metaphor of fire and the Spirit. When the Spirit came and the sound of God was in the place, tongues of fire appeared over the people. And then their tongues came out with the sound of the supernatural there's, there's a tremendous weaving of metaphor it could be called mixed metaphor and, and, and thought about what the Holy Spirit does and who he is the blue flame in my preach is that when we get baptized and immersed into the spirit it's not a momentary, that's it, wonderful experience, an ecstatic experience. The people in commentaries that write on these things that don't know the baptism and the Holy Spirit, they always come up with this little thing about having an ecstatic experience of glossolalia. As if there's something kind of like... They don't understand. It's a completely rational view of Christians who have never bought the package. I made a quip today in the morning service and it wasn't to condemn anybody but you know if you don't get what I'm saying you haven't got what I got because what I got isn't that I didn't get a thing or an ecstatic experience I, I, I got immersed into the personhood of the Holy Spirit and, and, and he's leading me to Jesus, and Jesus filled my gaze. And then Jesus said, I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Spirit. And, and the next minute, we find the Holy Spirit is not an it, it's to Him, an H I M. And we're running with fire again in a consciousness of Him. And in that immersion into Him, there comes a resident flame. A tongue. It's so unlike any of the other gifts which relate to a specific demand or situation in which that gift is needed and called upon, but this one that sits resident in our life. We've got to use it. We've got to tend to it. I, I, I made comments about if it's gone kind of into an orange flame, you know, it, it, it's not got enough gas. <laughs> coming, coming to the church tonight, Alma was telling me he had to clean the his own burner. The thermocoupling gets dirty, and that's the thing that transfers the the pilot light flame to the burner when you exert the gas if that's not working you can have this little flame flickering little orangey flame with a little bit of carbon or whatever but I feel what we're doing in these meetings is we're, we're blowing off that car, carbon we're cleaning it any, any foreign objects that get on there they'll burn and just they'll ruin the flame but we tend to the flame I suppose in the Old Testament we would trim the wicks When we pray in tongues and we, we exercise, singing in the Spirit and praying in the Spirit, we're trimming that wick. We're getting it back to blue, white, hot. It's just a whiff of gas and it'll explode. When the need is there and we create demands upon it. the healing gift flows, the prophetic gift. Come to church and expect to be involved. Find a way in your own culture for giving expression to the gifts. But it's all very well if you set up the structures or way of doing that if you haven't come with your blue flame. That's what we talked about Last night and this morning, we talked about wind, the sound of God. I heard the sound of God tonight when Debbie got up. Yeah. Debbie, yeah. you're on fire. No, truly, you know, this isn't this isn't your best friend giving out you yeah, the, the commendation of what he loves to do to you because you're such a good friend. But I, I could hear the fire in you. Standing next to Bill through this time. I could hear a fresh something. It's in the house. If it's coming down on the head, it's going to come down on the beard, it's going to come down on the body. Whoever the toe members are, you're going to get it. Let me tell you something, even about that illustration coming out of the Psalms. When you pour the full, full oil on the head, of the priest, the full vase, the full anointing. The head gets the lot, but it spreads and it seeps and every part of the garment soaks. So it's going down, all that's on the head soaks down. But let me tell you something, as it gets near the bottom, all that was up there again accumulates at the bottom. I don't know what that metaphor really could do, But I'm telling you, if the kids are the toes, or if you think you're the toe, the foot bunch, what's on the head is coming down in full measure on you. Leave that one there. Fly with that in another time, perhaps. And so my I've got a little note here the last word for tonight, you know, but it could be. As if this was my last word to you. I don't know that I could say anything more in the context of why I've been coming over all these years. I don't think I could say anything more important, but don't let your pilot light go out. Keep it at blue flame. Keep the gas source on. Keep What what, what am I saying? Honor the Holy Spirit. Honor the Spirit. You honor the Spirit by being cooperative with Him. You honor the Spirit by deciding not to restrain yourself from being involved. You honor the Holy Spirit by surrendering yourself to Him. You honor the Holy Spirit by shifting your preference to say whatever you want to do, Lord. You honor the Holy Spirit, as Pastor Bill said already, about surrender. You honor Him. By opening up your life to Him. When, I mentioned this on that first night, but when Stephen turned around to his persecutors, he said, You always resist the Holy Spirit. He keeps coming after you, but you always resist Him. Don't resist the Holy Spirit. Honor Him. Embrace Him. You know, if, you're, if your flame is out, Or you have no flame. Get the technician in. (laughs) I say, who's the technician? Well, it's like saying, God, I want to change my mind. I want to repent. I I want to get away from that thinking that rejects this. Will you forgive me? I can tell you, you'll be forgiven. It's not blasphemy against the Holy Spirit until at the last moment before you have a chance to you know slip into eternity you say no holy spirit i do not want to be saved but he's going to keep coming at you for you to fill you to give you more of himself and so at any point that if you've grieved the spirit it's not easy but it's simple say I'm sorry I'm sorry Holy Spirit I've seen people over the years who led a major antagonistic force in the church to split the church to stop the church becoming charismatic they split the church and threw us all out years later like many years later these people a generation ahead of me came to me and said we want to say sorry. We now are filled with the Holy Spirit and speak in tongues. I'll read a few scriptures. I'm going to pray for some people. I just want to read a little thing I've got here. But a few scriptures first of all. Jude 19 and 20. Those who cause division are worldly people. That's not you. And it says this. They're devoid of the Spirit. Nothing, nothing worse, he's speaking to the church somehow of people who shouldn't have been devoid of the spirit, were devoid of the spirit but he says but you but you but you, beloved building up yourselves in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost, you got the flame." The message version of that says, thinking only of themselves, there's nothing to them. No sign of the Spirit. But you, dear friends, carefully build up yourselves in this most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. There's no sign, (laughs) no sign of you've got the sign. Tongues is a sign. It's a sign that the fullness of the Holy Spirit is there when you exert toward Him in spirit. 2 Timothy 1 verse 8. Might come up on the screen actually. For this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. Fan into flame. Get up in the morning and muse while the fire burns. Drive to work. When everybody clears out of the office, you're left there finishing that off, that assignment making a cake you don't even make cakes like that anymore what are you doing about it? making a cake oh, people. let's be lollards. let's be soft singers let's keep the fire burning let me read you something I'm going to pray for people Here's a post from a post from a friend facebook no he's a friend who posted his facebook friend's post I've been a senior pastor since 2008 I think that the role was given to me a little prematurely but nonetheless I've been doing this for 11 years and I've made so many mistakes I've endured a church split and a mass exodus. Broken relationships, good people losing faith in me as a leader and the fight to simply keep the doors open. I remember days when we had to shake the printer cartridge in our printer to make it last longer because we couldn't afford new ink. I remember having to pay $106,000 in rent with under 100 people turning up to church. I remember trying to learn to be a husband and lead a church that wouldn't grow. I had one department head contact me on my honeymoon to resign. And on the same honeymoon, another well-meaning saint called to say, I'd better pray, the crowds are very low. Now it's 2019. We have one of the fastest growing churches in South Australia. We have been blessed with facilities worth multiple millions of dollars. And we're in a season of revival. 1,400 people now call LifePoint Church home in three locations. I don't profess to be a great leader at all. But I do have a few things that I believe have been principles that have helped our journey. And at the very top of the list, number one, Holy Ghost. I'm an unashamed Pentecostal. Our church is Pentecostal and we honor and value the Holy Spirit's power and presence in our church. We speak in tongues, we have altar calls, we pray for miracles, and we make room for encounters in our services. This has been a huge reason why we're seeing God's blessings. It's twofold. People are hungry and the Holy Spirit is far better than us at building His church. Oh, we have run sheets. He writes this. We have run sheets, but they're not in control. Revival is in the air. It started on the day of Pentecost. I need the Holy Ghost. The anointing works. So many pastors think that you have to, uh, so many pastors think you can't have the move of the Holy Spirit in a church service. I say, why not? We have to remember that the Holy Spirit is the one that led you to Jesus. I feel like he stole my message the other night. or I stole his. Number two, generosity. We give. We give in faith and we believe that God is our source of blessing. We believe in prosperity. We believe for it. We teach tithing because we believe it will help our people walk in blessing. I passionately believe in giving in faith so that God will bring increase in blessing. I know my future as, as secure as, is as secure as the seed that I've planted. <laughs> I love that. Generosity and faith go hand in hand. Number three, honor. I'm so thankful for the men and women who've gone before us. We have heroes in the faith here in Australia and I don't think we're always good at honoring them. My pastor, Andrew Evans, shook this nation. We love this man. My pastor, Andrew Evans, shook this nation. His voice is one of the loudest in my life. I listen to him because of his wisdom and anointing. I don't only have young ones in my church, I have fathers of the faith. This is a massive key for me. And number four, the final one. People are everything. They deserve our love and respect. It's our staff's responsibility to love them, serve them, raise them up in the destiny that God has for them. Our people matter. We love them and it's our joy to serve them. Seeing the lost saved and the saved established in Jesus is our mission and mandate. These are my musings. I hope they're helpful. Isn't that beautiful? But I loved his number one, the one in which he spent the most time. Holy Ghost thank you Father Father I pray that this church will be equally marked by these wonderful characteristics and at the top they will honor the Holy Spirit in ever increasing ways in this place And that, Lord, it will be an inevitable result that the house will draw. That the noise will be noised abroad. The sound of God will get out of this place.